Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieba. Joining me, as always, for this, our preview of Thursday, October 12th, NHL action, Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Uh, gents were underway here, had a couple of fun wins uh, on the board on Tuesday night. Thank you to the Blackhawks. Thank you to Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, but we're right back at it for Thursday here. Um, we always start with an underdog. We like to kick things off with a bang. I think we have a couple of, couple of good ones coming our way here. So uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm going to look to the Friday slate because obviously we won't get back to the viewers. I think it's a great pick. So the Arizona Coyotes are plus 240 to beat the Devils on Friday night in what will be a back-to-back for the Devils. I think that number is just way too high. Arizona, we've talked about it a lot. They're going to be a really annoying team to play against this year. And this really just has nothing to do with the Devils. I I think if I had to pick an absolute favorite to win the president's trophy, it might be them outside of like odds factors. So definitely very high in the devils, but this is a tough back-to-back spot. Even if it's not traveling open start of the year, coyotes are quietly a lot deeper than they were. They're just going to be irritating to play against. So I think if you gave me this number versus them in this spot versus any team in the league, I would take it to start this year based off where I value them. So Great number to get in on them. I think it'll be a closer game than that suggests and a very live, huge underdog. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I had a feeling you were going to pluck that one, but you do it. I like the San Jose Sharks on Thursday night. Uh, they're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, took care of business against the Seattle Kraken in the season opener for Vegas uh, on Tuesday. There was no banner ceremony curse. So, Vegas is now a big number, obviously, against the Sharks, who are going to be terrible this season. But it's opening night. We know weird stuff happens. And I think that as the season goes on, I just wouldn't suggest that Vegas would profile well as a big, big favorite. Teams like the Devils, 
uh, the Hurricanes, uh, Colorado, Edmonton, those teams can can really they can like just run you out of the building, right? They could score at will. Vegas, they they need to work a little bit harder. Play they play a much more stingy defensive game, and also the goaltending just not at the level where you can't expect every once in a while there to be a blip. It's home opener for the Sharks. Season opener for the Sharks. A little bit of like a Super Bowl for this team kind of feel. Um, we're not going to be backing them. We're feeling confident backing them uh, very often. So I'm going to do it here. Take a, another big number here on San Jose against Vegas. Um, pure pain. Pure, pure pain. Uh, they're two plus 200. I think that number might even get bigger. Uh, Tim, what about you? Yeah. Um, first off, who are you kidding? You're going to be backing the Sharks if it fits your, fits your profile perfectly. I could see this every, every uh, weekly occurrence, so don't kid yourself. But I'm going to go with the Buffalo Sabres. They're a short underdog to the New York Rangers. And, you know, you feel like you're a, a witch on this podcast if you take a underdog that isn't 200 plus. But <laughs> look, going into the season here, it's really a play on the psyche of both teams right now. The Rangers, not a great preseason. They're already kind of hearing it, gripping the sticks a little too tight, I think. There's a lot of pressure on this team to perform. And if they don't, it's it could get ugly there, especially with a coach like Laviolette, who's going to be on their asses like crazy. They need to perform. And then on the other side, Buffalo, this is just no, they're no slouch anymore. This Buffalo team's ready to win. And they can, um, they're kind of like the devils last year in a sense in that they can still play the we're a year away card. And I think that plays well, more loosened up Buffalo team against the Rangers team that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that they got a lot of pressure on them and I think they're feeling it. Okay. Coyotes on Friday night, Sharks Thursday night, Sabres Thursday night as our underdogs. We'll talk, uh, Tim, you already gave your spiel on the Sabres and Rangers. Uh, Nick and I will now go on that one as we go into the big board. The Rangers coming into Buffalo as a minus one twenty-five favorite right now. Sabres plus one hundred five. The over/under six and a half. This is going to be interesting. Um, I think from the betting market perspective, because a lot of folks out there who are very respected betters, mod- modelers, are a little lower on Buffalo than maybe the general media hype. So I think we could see some money actually come in on the Rangers as as big money betters bet. Uh, against the Buffalo hype train. And I actually think that presents an opportunity to go the other way. I think we might see this number close minus 130, minus 135 on the Rangers who already, who've already taken money. Um, I'm with Tim though. I like the Sabres here and it's a lot more pencil and paper handicapping at this point of the year, a lot more guesswork. The thing that sticks in my mind here is that the Sabres are going to be a quick moving team, move the puck quick. A lot of good skaters on the team, a lot of dynamic skaters, a lot of good people, uh, good puck transporters. And the Rangers just don't profile well as a team uh, to take that on. Like we saw it with the Devils. Once the Devils got into their groove in that best of seven series, they really struggled. Uh, the Rangers really struggled to keep up with that speed and and just how um, they almost just look lost. Like their their wheels were just turning. So I like Buffalo here uh, at home as a as a slight underdog. I would wait to see what uh, where the market goes. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I want to bet Buffalo here as a fan, but I think. In all fairness, I still have to power rate the Rangers higher than them, even if I'm a little low on them. So I think this number looks about fair to me. Okay. Uh, Red Wings and Devils now. The Wings plus 210 in uh, Newark. The Devils minus 258. Like Nick said, this will be uh, the front end of a back-to-back at home. And the over-under is six and a half. I've got nothing here. I do think where Nick's going makes some sense. 
Uh, so I'll let him take over. Yeah, I like the over here. I think the Devils are still going to play with a ton of pace. Um, they have so many offensive weapons. Opening night, Tim talked about it last show, how games trended a lot higher in the opening week the last couple of years. I think there's something to that. We know goal scoring goes up when mistakes are made. In some of those games last night, we saw they probably could have been a lot higher. I think that Knights Kraken game was a good example. The first 30 minutes was a complete gong show. So something like that for me is is perfect here with the Devils' high upside offense. I think Detroit could score reasonably well, but they still have some very suspect guys on the back end and overall a relatively middling goaltending matchup. So for me, I think six and a half at a plus 100 where it's at now pretty great bet there's a lot of ways for this to break open so i like that look uh tim jumping on yep. board yeah nick nailed it um devils should be an over team all year long anytime i see six and a half i'm gonna just say to myself can the other team do their job um regardless the devils are gonna fill the net all season long early season overs yeah i'm playing it <laughs> All right, I'll probably jump in on that, I guess, if uh, you two are on uh, in on it. I think, uh, yeah, Detroit is a team that might have a little bit more offensive punch uh, than your typical seventh-place team, you know, projected to be seventh-place team in, in in a division. But as Nick said, the defense, uh, they're going to need to outscore a lot of problems, and we'll see with Billy Huso or James Reimer or whoever's in goal for them for the majority of the starts here because they got some, some questions to answer in that department as well. Um, all right, on to uh, Philly and Columbus, a barn burner in Ohio. Flyers are plus 110, slight dog on the road. Jackets minus 130 over under six and a half. I'm closer to Columbus here. I just think that this not line is a little weird. It's kind of telling us that at least right now, people are expecting the Flyers to be slightly better than Columbus this season. And I don't know if I agree with that notion. I think the goaltending matchup is definitely in Philly's favor with with Carter Hart. That's scary. It's always scary to try to figure out anything about Columbus's goaltending. Uh, I would lean towards Columbus. We'll see where this this number goes, but uh, maybe I'll, I'm better off just sitting this one out, Tim. Yeah, um, kind of feel that way as well. I have a problem where I don't really like to bet against John Tortorella teams just because he gets everything out of. You know, every every squad he's behind the bench for. So that didn't hasn't really bode well for me uh, last year, especially. I could have uh, definitely made some more money if I faded the Flyers more. But um, Philly gets healthy on on the uh, with their forwards get healthy, and I think that's encouraging. Couturier, Konechny, and then I don't really know what to expect from Columbus. So I think because Tortorella is going to get these guys going. I'll be looking at some shot props, possibly Cam Atkinson. You know, he has no problem shooting the puck. He needs to have a bounce back year. Um, Konechny, Couturier. So monitor the action app. I'll be looking at a, a shot prop there. Nick, uh, you tend to agree with me or what? Am I I'm in the right I place? I do agree. I'm I'm a little scared with uh, in terms of thinking Phillies is a decent spot for them. And, and there's so many questions between these two teams, like, this just doesn't jump out to, as a game to me. I want to bet a side on at all. I think, you know, you look at Philly, they've got some forwards that could bounce back. Obviously, Couturier coming back anywhere close to what he's been in his career would greatly raise their upside. And Bobby Brink could be decent. Carter Hart could give them a huge edge over what we'll see from Columbus. And 
not that huge on Columbus's moves at all or their back end here. So for me, this just looks like one. There's a lot of questions up in the air and pretty good spot to pass when there's better games for sure. It kind of feels like the one that game uh, on every slate where no matter who you bet, you feel like you're going to lose. Uh, that's how I feel about that one. So looks like an easy pass for us three. Blues and Stars now. Uh, St. Louis on the road plus 170. Stars hosting as a minus 205 favorite. The over-under is six and a half. Generally think everybody's down on the blues here, but this number doesn't look appealing enough for me, uh, Nick. Yeah, I think it looks a, about fair. I was close on wanting to play this over. I could wouldn't be surprised if I ended up getting there. I just think the blues are still going to profile so well as such, a, such an over team with the way their offense is composed and horrible back end of guys who aren't overly worried about figuring it out and then shaky goaltending. So for me, I don't know. I I'm pretty low on the blues. I don't really want to, I just have no interest in betting like big favorites like this at the start of the season. It just seems like it's such a scramble, but I mean, if I look at it in a pure projection standpoint, I think it's probably about fair to say that the stars should be minus two Oh five this season. Like I bet if you look at, at, 82 games into this year at the Blues road record and the Stars home record. You'd probably be saying this was actually a fair price to bet Dallas, but anyways, maybe not. It's not, not what we do here. Matchup. <laughs> uh, Tim, what, uh, <laughs> you have anything on Blues and Stars? Um, I was interested to hear Nick say he leans over because I lean under just because I think that the Stars can just completely choke uh, St. Louis. Uh, just... I think they're two teams in opposite directions right now. And I'm, yes, St. Louis trends as an over team, but I just think Dallas can put the clamps on them. So we'll see there. We'll see. Nick, I'll probably just listen to whatever you say, but uh, I actually lean under there at six and a half. Well, no. And to be fair, like to your point, I did like, that was kind of my respect because I think I'm going to be on blues at six and a half a lot early on this season. So it's not like what I, I entirely disagree with what you're saying at all with Dallas putting the clamps on them here, but they just have such an opportunistic offense. Like when they get going and then I just, it's hard for me to see them getting or shutting down anyone. And the stars could actually have three pretty solid lines again. So that's kind of my case there. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Cats and, and Wild now Florida traveling to Minnesota as a plus 105 underdog. 
mini minus 125. The over under is six and a half. Another one that I just don't think really is appealing. There's too many question marks around Florida with the injuries that maybe it'll put me off him. I don't want to, I don't believe in Minnesota yet either. Like, so I'm just going to sit on the sidelines here. I don't need to talk myself into a hundred bets these first few nights. It's a, it's a new, it's a new dawn for me. Tim, it's a new dawn. What about you? You you say that now, Leboff. You say that now. Just wait till before puck drop and you got yeah. the group chat going with round robins and stuff. Okay. So I don't know who you're fooling here, but I actually, I lean wild here or not lean. I'm going to bet it. Uh, I have bet it. The Panthers are people forgetting like this team made the playoffs last year by the skin of their teeth and they start the year down Ekblad, Montour, and Sam Bennett. Like, that's pretty significant. And we still don't, you know, Bobrovsky caught fire last year, but I don't think any of us fully believe in their goaltending situation, um, you know, quite yet. I don't know if that's, like, changed our mind, really. So, yeah, uh, you have to bet some favorites in this sport, and I like the spot here to back a short favorite in Minnesota. Uh, Anything for you here, Nick? Uh, no, I, I agree with Tim. I definitely would lean wild. I might, I could see myself getting in on the Jets to beat the Panthers on Saturday. He summarized it well. You know that I wanted to fade this team so bad at the end of the cup final. Unfortunately, a lot of people seem to actually realize what that run really was. And now you're talking about them missing some of the decor that carried them to that. And like Tim said, if Bobrovsky's not playing pretty much at the ridiculous level he was, there's some flaws. I, I do worry too, like, you know, I think I see the the wild as like a about fair market value right now. And then Jared Spurgeon has been so quietly huge for them. So that that is a big loss. If we're going to talk about, you know, what the Panthers are missing, the wild are missing a guy who absolutely dominates on the back end too. But I agree with Tim. I think it's a wilder pass spot for me. Nick, Nick, I was trying to tell just half the story there. Come on. <laughs> Jared Spurgeon uh, is a coward. He, uh, he loopholed his way out of an out of the Islanders after they drafted him. So we don't, we, I don't want to talk nicely about him, but yeah, he's good. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. Uh, onto the Kraken and Predators. This one's basically a pick em. Kraken, slight favorite, minus 115. Traveling to Smashville, the Preds, minus 105. The over under is six. Boy, what a fun bet that was on opening night. Way to get out of the blocks hot. New NHL season, back the Preds. They were outshot 18 to two, I believe, in like the first 25 minutes somehow find their way back into the game uh and then all of a sudden there's a penalty shot going against you when 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 you have a penalty shot go against you on the first game of an NHL season uh i think it's just a signal of what's to come i, I don't it was what a bad omen that was long story short preds lose um Jonas Johansson was pretty good for the lightning and now he gets to uh now the preds get to host the kraken who were also 0 and 1 after a very strange uh, game against the Knights. Uh, in on their opener, looked like the Kraken were shot out of a cannon, just couldn't find one. Chandler Stevenson ends up scoring on Vegas's first shot of the season, and and then things just kind of went nuts. But um, I don't know. I I think that Seattle is is close for me here. Uh, I just don't believe in this Nashville team, and we've talked so much about Seattle's depth, and against a team like Nashville, I think it could really shine, and especially their speed could shine. Uh. Tommy Novak and and Ryan O'Reilly down the middle and it's Cody Glass. It's just those those are your 
that is your spine as your kind of main centers is a little frightening, but I might need to be a little uh, more convinced here on Seattle, especially going up against Saros, Nick. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. I feel like the Kraken's loss and the Preds loss were polar opposites. Like the Preds came out like they didn't want to do anything, just looking entirely disinterested. And kind of the only thing they did well through two periods was just not make any meaningful mistakes. They're just pretty much sitting condensed in their zone, letting Tampa do whatever they wanted. And then they got going, going a little. And that was kind of the exact opposite of the Kraken game. Like the Knights just countered on everything and were pretty potent. And they were basically just making huge mistakes. So kind of the exact opposite on that front. But I think the Saros and the Grubauer mismatch and, and so on, for me, it just scares me off a little. I, I think this is another spot where I kind of want to see what's going on. I, I definitely still rate the Kraken higher, but don't love this matchup. The one guy I kind of want to watch too, I thought um, if a few more spots broke open for Burkowski the other night that he kind of looked solid. And then the other one, I want to see where McCann's shot prop opens. I was prepared to look like an idiot if this lost. Um, yes, the other night after I was chirping the openers from some of the books and then some sharper shots opened up with better or with closer lines, I was like, oh, I'm really going to look dumb. And then he got four shots in the end and got it going. So I, I think same kind of thing. They got a, like he should be an over three and a half guy this year. I think by the time we're set in stone, I'm not really seeing where that changes. So I'll be watching that number. And I think uh, Burakovsky, and that's about it. Anything for you here, Tim? Yeah, uh, so we should expect Soros to go here again. Yeah. I would. Home yeah. opener, lost game one. I don't know. I don't think they're going to find a way to work anyone else in here. I think yeah, the question, just, the Kraken could be a little more interesting. Yeah. I don't know how the Kraken score goals. Like, it's just, I. that's why I kind of hey, they... lean... Well, I mean, that's where a lot of people think they'll regress this year is because they finished at pretty much a historic rate at 5-on-5 five five last year. Yeah, it, the Kraken are a better team, obviously. But like you, or, you know, like I just alluded to, I don't know where they get scoring. So I, if I have to play it, I'd be playing under 6.5. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's hard. We'll talk about it later. Kraken, sneaky long road trip here to start the season. Uh yeah, kind of interesting as a overtime bet here as well. Um, just because I don't think either team is going to run out uh, and just storm the other. Um, maybe keep that one in mind, actually. Uh, the Knights and Sharks will we'll wrap up Thursday slate with Vegas as a minus 245 favorite. Heading to the Shark Tank, baby. Sharks plus 200, the over under 6.5. I said off the top, I like the Sharks here. I think that this is a... A good spot to back them and uh, a good number to go against Vegas who aren't going to scare people away with their performance on Tuesday night. So, hey, maybe maybe see even bigger numbers pop as we get closer to puck drop on uh, out in the Bay Area. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I I think one look that I like if we maybe don't want to go as wild is just taking on the Sharks too could be their team total over two and a half, I think would be really reasonable. The one thing that kind of scares me a little bit there is it's going to be Thompson's first game back. So maybe I'm buying into the narrative too much there, but you'd think the Knights don't want to let him just get roasted in this. But with that said, their defensive play versus Seattle was pretty suspect. The one main takeaway I thought that was interesting from that game was like, is Aiden Hill really going to be this good again? It's pretty nuts. But first game of the year looked pretty much how he did all playoff long. So 
maybe it's possible, but, um, and then that's the other thing with that angle too, though. You don't know what you're going to get out of Thompson, like Hill being as strong as he has been since Thompson went down is, has obviously been a huge story for Vegas. So I think there's a good chance that there's going to be some very playable numbers with the Sharks to go over two and a half or yeah, or just the Sharks to win outright is, is fine too. Yeah, he'll, he'll made a, a, sh- a stop like right out of the gates on um, a one-timer from the slot. I can't remember exactly who shot it for for Seattle and <laughs> just had a little bit of PTSD going against him in the playoffs. Yeah, and he's, he's in such a rhythm right now. Like, yeah. It just seems like he's reading the play Maybe so he just well. hibernated. Just huge. Yeah. Uh, Tim, three yeah, for three on uh, the Sharks here. Yeah, it's <laughs> Sharks because of I think it's a sleepy spot for Vegas after Banner Night. Like the San Jose team, like who are we playing right now? This team's going to suck. And so it's Sharks, and it's then the last time I fade Vegas if it loses. So that is, uh, to me, that's always an easy pill to swallow. And you say, okay, one last time, and then we're done. Then it's on my do not fade list. So Yeah, and the good thing is the season's almost over, so it's not like you've got to worry about it. Exactly, Uh, exactly. Uh, all right, before we get to our best bets for Thursday night, let's uh, talk about uh, some Friday-Saturday thoughts. We do have lines for, for a lot of these games as sports books. We're so kind as to post them uh, well in advance. So I'll get us started here. Uh, I think that going against Pittsburgh with Washington and Calgary in a little two-step here, uh, Friday against the Caps, Saturday against the Flames is quite interesting. I don't really think it has much to do with Pittsburgh's loss against Chicago. I've I said in the beginning one of my stances what I was that I just don't think this uh, Penguins team was as flawless as people thought, um, as or I should say has more has more th- flaws than than people kind of thought. Um, and I'll continue to think that, especially against solid two solid teams, Washington. Not going to be uh, great, but they should be decent enough. And Nick is now all of a sudden really high on them. Uh, and uh, Calgary, I think, is is good do for a bounce back. So two decent outfits, tough spots. I think uh, taking on uh, Washington in their opener. And I, like I said, I just don't think that Pittsburgh is is as good as as folks think. And you're going to get Nadelkovic in, in one of these starts as well. Uh, Nick, any thoughts Friday Saturday? Yeah, I think the Friday line, as much as I like the Caps, I still can't get there. I, I shouldn't say as much as I like the Caps. as much as, But this is basically saying, like, you're giving them quite a bit of credit for being home ice and then them apparently being power rated closely. Like, I still think Pittsburgh has to be rated a fair bit above the Caps. Like, they have like their star power is just pretty, pretty significantly different in comparison. So even with the Caps goaltending edge and little sharper team play defensively. I, I can't get there on that, but I do love that you note the next day because that's the spot that I think is great with the Flames as a slight road dog. Um, I, I Yeah, I think minus 105 is a great price to get Calgary here. They're not the kind of team you want to play in that spot. I still think they're going to be vastly improved defensively. So the next night, I'm, I'm pretty high on that Calgary play for sure. Uh, Tim, what are you thinking looking ahead to the weekend here? Yeah, super nice, like you said, of the sports books to allow us to send an early donation um, this weekend. But uh, I'm going to be looking at the Blackhawks Canadians over. Uh, it looks like it's around six right now. That's the Saturday night, seven o'clock. Uh, you know, come on, these teams 
I don't think they really defend well. And we see some snipers. I, I have I a like theory. That. I have a theory that the stars come out on Saturday night. And I love to bet big players to score on Saturday night because there's just something about it. And uh, so I might be looking at some individual players here as well, but that is an overplay. I like that. I think that's great. And that's, I mean, if Bedard doesn't score versus Boston, which I, I don't know, I'm a little low on it. I think, I think that could be the spot. You get the Canadians, you get much better matchups than you've got. High scoring, good arena. That feels right. Ron McLean will be talking like, come on, yeah. that is going to set the entire <laughs> table for hockey night in Canada. Close your eyes. You can't see it. Come on. Come on. I think that they'll be too busy talking about Ryan Reeves talk, taking on his old team, the Minnesota Wild. To the real star of Saturday night will be Ryan Reeves <laughs> taking on the Wild. Uh, other other things that I, I just want to touch on quick um, on Saturday night. Kind of interested in the Canucks again. Uh, this time on the road against the Oilers. I think that will it will likely be Skinner um, as as Campbell got is going to get the nod for the first uh, game in this home and home. We like the Canucks there, and I think. Uh, as long as this number kind of holds around plus, you know, 160-ish, uh, I don't really mind it. I also like the Lightning uh, as a minus 110 right now in Detroit. I just think there's a pretty big gap between these two teams. And even with Johansson, like there's going to be times where let's just assume that Johansson is closer to that goalie that we saw pre-preseason this year. Um, against the Red Wings, I don't think it'll matter all that much because the, the, the Lightning should be able to score uh, and don't think that the gap between Johansson and whoever the Red Wings are going to have in goal is, is all that wide. So that's another one I'll, I'll likely be on. And of course, just note that I will be in the building for the Islanders home opener against the Sabres. And I don't know if the Islanders have ever won a home opener uh, with me in the building. So adjust your numbers accordingly. I also have to say, alluded to it earlier, the Kraken, not only listen to this road trip to start the year at Vegas, at Nashville, and then back to the middle of the country at St. Louis. I also believe, or I know, this is all three of those teams' home openers. So they're on the, the home opener tour here. I think that uh, depending on how they look against Nashville, they could be a look to fade as uh, possibly running out of steam against uh, St. Louis for St. Louis's home opener. Yeah, that's that line's a pick em. Uh, Another team making a, a big jump across the country will be Carolina. They open against Ottawa on... Uh, Wednesday night, then they travel to Los Angeles as a slight road favorite. Nick, uh, anything before we move on to our best bets for Thursday? I think the the last one I'll slide in there that looks pretty appealing is from Saturday night slate, Ducks Knights over six and a half. I think that's just got game breaking all over, loose play all over it. I can't really see the Ducks defending much better this season. I, I honestly... Even with Ross Johnston, their new no. waiver claim? Yeah, they had to barter hard with Zegris and just absolutely piss him off. But no, yeah, bring in Ross Johnson for a mill. You love Who Ross. Cares? Why not? One of, one of the most fascinating NHL careers ever to date. He uh, has been on the island and with the big club since 2018 and has averaged less than 20 games played in, in those seasons. We love him here. Ross the boss, uh, we salute you. He made a you. good career for himself, though. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, for- kudos to Ross. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. All right, uh, on to our best bets for Thursday night's action, Tim. We will start with you. 
Yep, it's the Wild as a short favorite against the Panthers. Uh, you got to bet a favorite at some point. I uh, can't take all dogs. Uh, I think we kind of been learning our lesson so far and learning our lesson throughout the years. So I am going to try and fade that Florida team that is awfully banged up. I'm going to take Buffalo uh, as a slight home underdog right now, plus 105 hosting the Rangers. Buffalo, I think we could get a little bit of a bigger number as we get closer to puck drop. Uh, I think there's a lot of folks who are projecting Buffalo a little bit shorter than the public perception. So we'll see. Either way, I like them as a home underdog. I think that their team speed is going to give the Rangers problems right out the gate. I think that the Rangers have some questions to answer, some new faces to embed, a new system to learn with Peter Laviolette. Those Sabres are still basically the same uh, same core coming back. So I like Buffalo to to get off the blocks pretty hot here and, and beat the Rangers. Nick, what about you? I'm going with the over in the Devils and Red Wings game. I just think there's a lot of avenues for how we can see the game get past six and a half. And as Tim's talked about, we like the early season overs trend. I think there is some legit merit to that because when teams aren't sharp, often that can lead to more goals than the opposite, which I think is kind of, you know, the opposite of what a lot of more casual hockey people think. And then the way the Devils are going to want to play this year, they're going to be a solid defensive team, but I think the number one thing they'll do consistently is just play with a ton of pace both ways. I don't think they're too concerned about getting burned the other way. And then you mix in the goaltending matchup, which is pretty middling. Detroit defensively, I don't rate too high. I think their blue line, the bottom two pairings still have some question marks for sure. So for me, there's some good avenues to how this can get over on opening night for sure. All right, uh, there you have it. Our first week of episodes in the books for the new season for Nick Martin, for Tim Kalinowski. Uh, good luck with all your bets on Thursday night and into the weekend. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.